Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. Now, this year marks a quarter of a century on our TV screens for my guest this week. Known for her roles in Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, and Neighbours, to name a few, she was an actress, but then she decided to find the right way of life as she found the audio world for the part two of her career. An original hot mess mum, and now my favourite Sunday radio presenter on the Hits Radio in Manchester. I'm delighted with thanks to Birdseye that she joins me on Security and Security this week. It's the brilliant Sheree Murphy. Hello, Sheree. Oh, what an introduction. Thank you, Johnny. Hello, how are you? <laughs> well, it took you long enough to realise that radio is the way to go. I, I know. <laughs> I know I love it actually. I, I didn't think I would, but I really love it. Um, I've, I think I've been doing it now for nearly three years and it's flown, but yeah, it's great. Well, it's so much better for you. It's so much more suited for you, as you know. So basically, I want to talk about Birdseye, obviously, but yeah. I mean, it's about reality TV because me and you, every time we see each other, we always digress about it. So we've got to make time for that. But I also want to know a bit about you because I listened to your soapbox podcast of Lee Salisbury yesterday. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, that was interesting. But there wasn't enough about you. So I want you to take me back to your childhood to begin with. So in the 1980s, growing up in London, one of seven people. Because I just think if we start there, we'll get to really know what happened to get you into 25 years in TV as one of our leading actresses. So let's take me back. Okay, so I was born in Hackney in 1975. I've got four brothers and my mum and dad. My mum was, uh, she used to be a hairdresser, but then she went to, she when she had all, all us kids, she couldn't sort of work the hours of a hairdresser. So she had like about four cleaning jobs. And my dad was like a printer. So we had like a very normal upbringing, you know, lived on a council estate, but very happy childhood memories, you know, uh, playing out with all our friends and stuff. I used to dance as a kid. So I was because I was the only girl with four brothers. My mum was like desperate for me to go to ballet classes and stuff, which luckily I liked. So I used to go to a little dance school in Highbury. Um, and I always remember one of the older girls there was auditioned. She'd gone to Italia Conti, a theatre school at the Barbican. And I always remember begging my mum and she was like, oh, God, no, she, I don't think you could. Well, I don't think you'd get in, you know, I just don't think you could really see 
sing and I'd never done acting, you know. Anyway, I begged her that much and she let me audition. And I auditioned and I think out of the hundreds of people that they auditioned, they only accepted like 10 kids. So I... And I was only 10 at the time. I was nine when I auditioned, but they took me on as a 10-year-old. So I was the youngest pupil. This is my famous line that I tell everybody. I was the youngest pupil they ever took in 75 years in the school. So you had to be 11. So I did the first year back then when they did like not year seven and that first year. I did that twice. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it because it opened my eyes to, you know, drama and sort of more performance, you know, musical stuff, which I loved. Just ballet, tap and modern. So it, yeah. Yeah, it really opened my eyes to that world and I really thoroughly enjoyed it but on the downside my parents like really struggled to put me in the school you know it was the recession hit we didn't have much money so I had to leave couldn't afford for me to be there anymore I went for a the other school, Sylvia Young, which was slightly cheaper. So I managed, my mum and dad managed to be able to send me there instead. So from the age of 13 till I was 17, I went to Sylvia Young. So yeah, that's kind of where I got into the world of showbiz, shall I say. It's so interesting because as one of five and to have four older brothers who are very dominating, you must have had to kind of fight your way up in the ranks to get noticed. So do you reckon that's kind of where it all came from in the first place? Like, I'm over here, everyone, look. Yeah, maybe. I mean, a lot of people used to say, so I've got two older brothers and two younger brothers. I'm right in the middle. What people used to say to my mum as well, I bet she's so so spoiled because she's the only girl. And it wasn't. My mum treated us all equally. Yeah, it was in our house. You had to fight to get attention because there were so many of us. But my brothers are all very normal. You know, they've got very just normal jobs. They're normal, regular fellas. Do you know what I mean? So I'm the only one that sort of stepped into the world of showbiz. So it's not, it wasn't, it didn't come naturally to my family um I don't come from that background you know my my parents are not into it at all if anything they hated the camera so yeah it was a bit weird that I was that only one but yeah I'd say that you know I've always sort of stuck I had to stick up for myself coming from a big family but I've never been a pushy person so I always sort of think my career probably could have taken a different path if I was that you know slightly pushier um I just don't think it's in me you know I'm 45 and I just still the same sort of character as I've always been so I don't think there's any changing now not now not at this age <laughs> well also it's something that you can reflect on to go look I've been to Tally Conti and been to Sylvia Young because really you've only got those two and Anna Schur and that's the three big agencies to go to when you're that age and the people yeah. who came out of those schools as well who dominated you know programs like Grain Chill and then went on to EastEnders yeah. and Corey and Emma afterwards you know that's an amazing achievement that you've got to go to two, not one. Exactly. I was very lucky. And I have to say, when I was younger at those schools, I didn't I didn't work a lot. I was sort of more of a dancer. So I used to do loads of different shows. I was in a musical in the West End when I was young. And I think, you know, a lot of my friends that were in my class were in EastEnders and Grange Hill. All the adverts that you saw with kids in all came from our, you know, the, both schools. Um, so I'd say I, I was never a child star uh, for me, it didn't really happen until I was much older. I mean, I got into Emmerdale when I was 23. But when I left Sylvia Young at sort of 16, 17, I did think about, you know, auditioning for drama school, maybe going off to like Rada or somewhere. But I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to I'm going to get an agent and I'm going to see how I get on. I got a job in a theatre. I used to work at the London Palladium. I did all their shows selling ice creams and merchandise and stuff. And I did that for years so I could audition during the day. And I was one of those actors that was always getting to just out of the last two, it would always be the other person that got the role. But I, I just I, I suppose when I was younger, I was just always 
quietly determined I always thought you know someone will like me someone will pick me eventually and I'm just going to keep working keep auditioning you know keep working on myself this that and the other and eventually it did pay off I was lucky I auditioned for I mean I'd done other little bits of work like the bill and stuff like that I did a period Mm -hmm. drama where I had like tiny little roles and I just kept plugging away and eventually auditioned for Emmerdale and they auditioned all over the country because they weren't sure where they wanted Trisha to be from because it is, you know, obviously a, a Yorkshire soap. A lot of people thought, well, maybe this new character will be from Yorkshire, but they didn't. They picked me from London and, it, it, you know, in the end it did work. But yeah, I was 23 when I got that huge break. So I just kept plugging and plugging and plugging and it did pay off, thankfully. But I know for a lot of my other friends that I did go to theatre school with, a lot of them worked as kids but never really worked as they got older, um, which is a real shame. And then they just went on, probably went back to uni and stuff like that, had to get degrees and just get another career path. So, yeah, a lot of my friends from theatre school are not in the business at all now. Well, that's really an interesting thing, that you matured at 16 because you realised you had to get an actual job and get an agent. You matured again in your early 20s when everyone else is living the school life, doing A-levels and going to uni and partying. And yet you had to grow up. And I suppose, again it's kind of instilled in you having four brothers that you have to mature, you have to be seen. And to have the ethos of I've got to work hard and I've got to have a normal job whilst I'm auditioning is so important. But something that most people wouldn't do because I think, oh, it's going to come to me at some point. Yeah, no, we was always taught, you know, my mum and dad had to work very hard um, in order to, you know, bring up a a massive family and we were always taught you know hard work pays off you know you want nice things you've got to go out there and work for it and also you know even with when me and my brothers all did have little jobs and it was a massive recession in the 90s if it wasn't for me and my brothers out working my mum and dad wouldn't have been able to keep a roof over our heads you know we all had to pay keep we all had to help around the house as kids we all always had to do that we always had we weren't allowed to play out until we'd done the dusting polishing washing up drying up we had to help my mum and it's something that I've instilled in my children now I mean I've got a very different life to how I grew up you know and my children live a very different life to how me and my husband grew up you know we both grew up in very working class families but now obviously um our kids don't do that you know they have a different life we make them pay you know the two older ones have little jobs and they have to pay keep you know it's not a lot but it's to teach them you know that you go out to work, you have to pay your way in society, Uh, you have to give back, Um, you know, I'm standing there doing all their washing and ironing, they're adults now essentially, 18 and 20, if you're staying in this house you've got to pay your way, so I'm trying to teach them those good values that you know, you have to go out and work if you want something nice, a nice life and you know trying to set them up for when they get their own hopefully eventually when they buy their own properties and stuff like that, they've got to do it on their own, you know, mum and dad will be there and help as much as possible but I really want them to make it on their own. But do they understand that? Because I'm 28 now and I've, I moved out three years ago. And so if I take my head back to being 20 years old, if you said that to me, I would have well, I'd just laugh. But also they can look <laughs> you up and they can go, right, well, I've seen your career and obviously your husband's career. You can afford it. Why should I be paying my way? Do they get where you're coming from? No, you don't. And I think it's just those values from how I've been brought up. And it's even the same with, you know, we are lucky enough, we do have a cleaner twice a week. um, And that is a luxury. And we are lucky to have that. But the rest of the time, those kids have to every morning, they have to make their own beds, they have to throw their washing down, they have to help me after dinner, we've all got set little jobs in our house. And I've done it from when they were very small. Um, And it's just the thing in our house, you know, and if they did, like, if my son came home, he worked 
works full time in a bar. He's actually an actor. Um, so he is he, a, a drama school in Manchester. He's got a part time job in a bar and he works very hard. But he and he also earns quite good money. He has to pay keep going. And if he complains, I just say, well, you know, move out and see how you'd like it then because you won't be better off, let me tell you. But I think it's just that thing. It's not me being stingy or I'm just trying to show them that the world that we live in at the minute, me and my husband that we've created, is not the real world. It doesn't happen for everybody. And, you know, it's it, we live in a really lovely house and that, but that's not normal life to everybody. And it might not be normal life for my children, depending on what career path they take. So I try and instill those sort of values. Um, and at the minute, touch wood, it is working. They don't complain. It's what they've always known. And they're great kids. They're, they're really great. They're respectful. And, you know, they always help me when I need help. And so hopefully I'm doing the right thing. You never know, do you? <laughs> I'm putting them on you the right path. You, you set up a community when you were a hot mess mum along our friend Carrie to go, right, okay, what's going actually on here? Because I only learned to make a bed last year purely because of <laughs> Vinnie Jones said when he lost his wife that if he makes his bed first thing in the morning, he's done a task and he's ticked it off. And I went out and bought show cushions and went, right, I'm going to really go to town and make my bed. I live alone, but I want it to look good. So I feel like I've done something and I've actually got up and done something to start my day. And that was like, okay, I'm going to make my bed. Whereas for your kids, it must be like, right, this is family time. This is what it means to make your bed. This is what it means to help with the dishes so that I can then spend more time with you all. Exactly. And, you know, we all fight and argue over the, at the dinner table and we'll all they'll be bickering. And I don't, you know, it's not all roses and great and we're all a happy family. Let me tell you, majority of the time, I'd say about 80% of the time, the kids are bickering. They're driving me up the wall, you know, and sometimes I feel like going, oh, just all go away and I'll do the dishes myself if you're going to argue like this. That's a normal family, you know, they all bicker, argue. But it's times like that when I look back and I, it does make me laugh because as much as they bicker, they all sort of have a giggle about certain things as well. It's those tiny little times that you hold on to that you go, actually, it's worth it. And I just want them to leave home. Like now they are growing up. They won't be around. They're going to go off and have their, you know, my daughter's moving to London um, to start uni. You know, she'll probably never be back home like she is now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now, so I'm just trying to make the most of those times. And I want them to have those memories of, God, when we were growing up, this is what we used to do, like we did when we were growing up. But I think what you were saying about the bed making thing, I just think any anything, especially during the pandemic, when we were stuck, in, you know, stuck indoors to get up and do things like make your bed, you're setting your day off. Right. You know, it's like, right, I'm up. I'm going to make me bed. I'm going to get in the shower. All those little things to me for my own mental health is those things that I need to tick off that, are, you know, it's a way to start a day in a really positive way. It might not end that way, but I think you should always start your day with a positive day and doing things like that really does help with your mental health. I think personally. Oh no, exactly. And it's all about having a routine, especially because I would get to four o'clock and go, right, it's too early to make dinner, but I don't really know what to do now because normally I'd go to the gym, but the gym's closed. And you know, someone like yourself, who's been working for 25 years where you've always had a routine whether it's doing a tv show like emma Dell, where you're following a filming schedule and then you're learning your scripts when you get home or now that you're in radio which still makes me so happy um, and you're following <laughs> a running order and you're doing everything to time your back timing and forward timing everything is to do with time and for you time is such an important tool that needs to be used and you had to be able to do that so exactly and i think when you've got a family or you know or you've got even like if you've got pets and stuff like that you know you to factor in that time you have to have a routine i know and being a mum, i think the only way i can cope having for so many children is having such a, a, a strict routine don't get me wrong i'm not i've never been one of those parents where i think i have to get home because the kids have to nap i'm not, i've never been that type of parent i'm always that type if the kids falls asleep in the car they fall asleep in the car i'm not gonna break a sweat over it you know but I think when your kids are at school even come to like meal planning because I've been talking about you know obviously working with bird's eye you know planning your dinners and stuff like that is so important when you're a, a, a parent and and just giving yourself that time at the beginning of the week to plan your week it doesn't always go according to plan but for my own mental side I need that little plan to say but that's fine because on Wednesday I'm doing this gym run, I'm doing that run, I'm doing this, I'm dropping off here, I'm picking up here. I know exactly what I've got in for dinner to make for the kids. So I know that's all sorted. So it's just probably about being organised. And when I was young, I wasn't really like that at all. But I just think I've had to, as I've got older, you have to be more organised. Well, next year you're celebrating 20 years of marriage. And therefore, when you look back at that time, what have you taken away from that? Then, In that time, is it the organisation? Is it the routines that you've gone, right, this is the negotiation that we've had to do and this is why we've had such a successful marriage? necessarily because I think the the routine stuff you know I I struggled my husband worked away a lot so I was on my own a lot when my two older ones were toddlers and I did struggle a lot and routine would go out the window if they weren't in nursery and school I'm the worst for that since the the summer holidays of you know we've been in the summer holidays we've had no routine the kids I'm like let's get a delivery I can't be bothered to cook you know it's that type of thing I don't stick to it all the time but when it's school and stuff like that or my husband's work I you know I find it helps a lot but 20 years of marriage I'd say you know it is a massive achievement I think we've spent half a marriage 
him working elsewhere so that's probably why it's worked so much but no on a serious note it is you know I think you have to work at a marriage you have to it's not always plain sailing it's we've had bumps in the road um but I think the key to it is talking making sure you communicate with your partner if something is upsetting you don't let it fester have it out you know my husband I don't like round with anybody and I hate confrontation but if something is bothering me I can't sleep, you know, mentally, it will play on my mind. And I, uh, that's with friends or anything, I I have to get it off my chest. And whether that will cause an argument or something, so be it. I always feel me and my husband are very much the same in whatever it is, we can get over it. And we don't like to go to sleep on a bad note, because you kind of think, you know, you never know what's around the corner. And life is, you know, that if you've, you've chosen someone to be your partner, um, you've chosen each other and there's that love there, you, you can work through anything, I think, always, you know. But like I said, it's not always plain sailing. I don't want to make it out to be perfect all the time, but it is great. And I love the fact that we've been married for so long and we still we still make time for each other. We go to the cinema together. We make sure we have that little time to ourselves always. It might not be every month, um, but when we do, we make sure we do it properly. Uh, and I think that's really important because you can get bogged down with kids and work and everything else and forget about each other. So yeah, we've always done that. We've always made that little time for each other. Amazing, amazing. Well, you're talking about the word sailing. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk about birds on a set, but we've got to talk reality TV. So I suppose the first one to do is Below Deck. Have you watched it this year? Below Deck Mad. So I'm a little bit late on this. I'm on series three from the beginning. So I am playing catch up. Yes. So I love it. So what I do is on a Sunday, I do my radio show. I come home. Harry's normally making a roast because he's off on a Sunday. And I go downstairs and start the ironing. And I've been known to be down there ironing for six hours watching Below Deck straight straight episode after episode. And I moan about the ironing. I'll come up and I'll say to everyone, oh, I've been ironing all day. I've been down there for six hours. Little do they know, well, the family know, because Harry goes, I don't know what you're complaining about. You've been watching your favourite programmes down there. <laughs> so stop moaning. I love it. I absolutely love Below Deck. So I am a bit behind on, but I will catch up, let me tell you. I will Well, you've got up. about 100 seasons. You've got, what, eight seasons love of it. made, And then you've got about four seasons of that. Okay, so then... Next one is uh, Real Housewives of Cheshire. Obviously, we know that, or some people might not know, but you know a lot of the cast. Yeah, um, I do. Have you watched this series? No. I have to say, I've kind of, and it's it's awful, I kind of dip in and out of the Cheshire one. And I'm not sure if that is because it's too close to home and I know them. It doesn't feel as real to me, if you know what I mean. I know it is real and, you know, their arguments and everything and, you know, their friendships are real. But I think it's because I know them. I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, it's not my favourite one, Dare dare I say, my favourites are, I just love them, Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of New Jersey, which I binge watched in lockdown because there's about 10 series and I did the lot. So I'm all up to date on that. And the Real Housewives of Potomac, love it. So they're the ones that I'm really into. And I literally am hanging for the, you know, the weekly episode. I love them, love them. Okay, and then Married at First Sight Australia, I presume. We oh, yes, love. It's, now, is the new, is there one of their older series coming back? It was supposed to be coming back this summer. They were going to show another one. Is that true or not? Can you tell me this? Uh, so, uh, we saw uh, Married at First Sight series six and eight, ball. there's a seventh series because, um, what's her face? Scary Woman comes back, blonde or blue eyes. Yes, um, she does. Um, oh, you know. with the long nails. Yes, sir. Um, oh God, I'm going to say name? Christina, but it's not Christina. 
Uh, oh, 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 um, Elizabeth. That's it, no? yes. Yeah, she comes out and she looks yeah. completely different. Yes. Yes. She's got a full-on makeover. We saw John come back, uh, who was in Series 4, and he came back in Series 5, and they're trying to do it again. And obviously, we had the Innes versus Sam versus yes. Jessica. Big love triangle. Loved it. Honestly, I was full-on addicted. Loved it. It just took over my life. It's the same as, like, Love Island. I love Love Island. And um, although I'd say this series has not been my absolute fave, but I've stuck with it. Um love it even I went on holiday the other week I took the kids we went away to went to Ibiza and I'm that sad and I feel slightly ashamed to say that we went out for dinner every night and I made sure that I got back to the hotel in time to watch it live on my app <laughs> I mean this is what happens when you're an ITV star and have access to the ITV hub to watch it live in a book I had to wait to 8pm <laughs> the next day to watch it no I, I literally I know it's awful but I paid for that app so I could watch it abroad because I thought I can't go away for like nearly two weeks and have that to catch up on because I'm still on below deck I'm so far behind on that I can't be doing that with another series so I paid for the the app to to watch it abroad and in on holiday in bed every night at nine o'clock watching it how sad am I oh no that's amazing that's why I love our friendship because that's what makes <laughs> me proud uh, and then on and then this is what I've downloaded Brickbox because Footballers Wives is back on it oh I saw that it's come back that is gonna I'm gonna have to re-watch that I used to love that back in the day it's the most ridiculous series but it was the best because it was like at the height of the wags wasn't it um but just a brilliant brilliant series they should remake that well, you're not going to get those aeroplane scenes ever again, that Tanya and Conrad there. <laughs> Let's just say that. It's a bit too risky. Maybe only fans will take that now. I know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so um, let's talk. Okay, so we've so let's bring this all together, right? Birdseye have brought us together, and thanks to Birdseye again. Let's talk all about uh, shopping in the pandemic because... Everything's gone a bit weird. So talk to me about your research that you've done for this. So basically, um, Birdseye found out that, you know, people's shopping habits have changed. Um, during the pandemic, you weren't allowed out to the shops. You'd probably do one shop a week. I mean, I know lots of people do do that, but I think convenient shopping, you just kind of, I know that I would, before pandemic, I would go to the shop sort of every other day and, you know, sort of plan my meals that way. And I found during the pandemic, I was going out once a week and I was looking to more of a, you know, a frozen food option. I've always in my freezer, without doubt, since I've owned a freezer, I've had fish fingers, frozen peas, frozen chips, ice cream and ice. Always had that in my freezer. It's like the staples of your freezer. But I think during the pandemic, when, you know, we couldn't get out as much, you want food to last. Um, a lot of people have turned to frozen food, which is great. And I think there's this real myth around frozen food where you sort of think it's not as great because it's not as fresh, where actually it is because, you know, you're locking in all that freshness and freezing it um, and it preserves it all. So you're still getting all your great nutrients and stuff because they're all still in the, uh, in the food because it's all been um, frozen. So for me, you know, as a busy mum, I've always, you know, I do like to plan my week ahead. Um, and I think even more so now, we're slowly coming out of the pandemic, I would still probably only go to the shops now once a week. So I'm not wasting as much food. Uh, I mix a lot of frozen food with fresh. So if I am doing like the kids favourite tea is, uh, you know, bird's eye fish fingers, which I think is such a great tea uh, with chips, but I might, sometimes might make a really lovely homemade mash, loads of veg, Another favourite, now my kids are slightly older, is a fish finger sandwich. I just don't think you can beat it. 
you know you can you can posh them up a bit and put loads of fancy salads and stuff in it or you could just have a fish fingers bread fish fingers and ketchup which is just the tastiest thing ever so yeah I think it is uh, our shopping habits have changed and birds I did do a survey that I think it was like 76 percent of people buy f- uh, shopping frozen and and sort of doing one big shop a week are saving themselves 90 pounds a month which is a massive amount of money but also birds i have got an amazing range which if you're into calories i'm into calorie deficit they're southern fried chicken but it's only about 236 calories each fish fingers are quite low as well and also it brings you back to nostalgia you know fish finger sandwich bit of cucumber as well that was my saturday nights as a kid when my parents went out absolutely yeah and i think they're such a trusted brand as well they've been around for 75 years and you can trust in them and like you say if you are calorie counting any of that there's there's so much information on the boxes uh, as well so you can go in you can see where the fish is you know sourced from and all that which is great as well um but no i i'm a massive fan of them and have been since i was a kid Shereen Murphy, thank you so much to you. Thank you so much to Birdseye for bringing us together. And thank you for listening to Secure the Inscape. If you've liked what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast. Give it a five-star rating and leave a comment because I can't make this podcast successful without your help. Until next time, I've been Johnny Seifert. Thank you and goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.